0: The Scoop Podcast brought
1: to you by Point Park University.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Scoop Podcast. I am Sam Kassan. Joining me is Michelle Crachiolo, as usual. Today, very exciting podcast we have in <laughs> store for you for a number of reasons. First of all, we're doing this, recording it live in front of an audience, a student audience here at Point Park University. So Point Park has been a gracious sponsor of the Scoop Podcast since we've started airing all season long and couldn't have done it without their help and their support throughout this. So we want to thank Point Park, first of all. Second of all, we are very excited to be here in front of all you guys today. Give yourselves a round of applause. Go ahead. Yeah. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. And second, the real reason we're excited is because our guest today is a special, special <laughs> guest to myself and Michelle, special in our hearts and in our minds. We've worked very closely with Jen Belano ridgley for the last 10, 10 years for Michelle and 12 years for myself. So it's been a long time, and we've grown to become very close friends, if not really family, to be honest with you, working day in and day out <laughs> with sure. each other throughout yes. these throughout these time periods. through are a lot of ups and downs, so we're very excited to have her, and we had to twist our arm a little bit to get her here, because she's used to being on the other side of the, the aisle, if you will, as the Senior Director <laughs> of Communications for the Penguins. So Jen, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Well, I'm secretly excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're so excited to have you. This is going to be Awesome.
0: So just quickly, uh, I know we went through a little bit earlier today, but Jen is, she was just a small town girl in Newcastle with a dream to work in sports. Now here she is, went to Penn State. I see somebody in the audience has a Penn State shirt there. I don't know if that conflicts (laughs) with Point Park at all, but we'll we'll let it slide today. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) So Jen went to undergraduate at Penn State and then she stopped off in Florida for a hot minute to work for Walt Disney. We'll get into that a little bit later, but just briefly. And then she came back. Got her master's degree right here at Point Park University, alumnus, so it's kind of fitting that we have her here today. From then in 2006, joined the Penguin staff in the media relations department, and then since then has worked her way up to be the boss, the head honcho. (laughs) So, uh, Jen, uh, just just to get us started here, can you kind of give them an idea of the roles that you have, you know, the, the overall view, if you will, of the job that you do as the senior director of communication?
2: Yeah, so basically anytime you hear or see the players doing any interviews, it goes through myself or Jason Sidling, our department. Um, we're basically the gatekeepers to the management, um, the coaches, and the players. Anything that's on the hockey side, all those requests come through us. So on a daily basis, when you see the game broadcast, we get all the interviews in advance. We coordinate the times. They'll be taped. We ask the players, intermission, we pull the guys that you see get interviewed in intermission, things like that. Same for radio, um, everything you read in the newspapers, all the print, so that we open the locker room and we observe that and monitor what's going on in there. Any one-on-one requests, um, our behind the scenes show in the room, uh, we actually coordinate all of that with those cameras as well. You know, sometimes we're running to grab them because <laughs> something's happening and it's funny or exciting. and. We don't have them there and we're more like, no, you can't miss this. We got to get them. We got to get them. (laughs) Um, It's definitely different day to day. One thing that I would say probably people don't realize is how much our role in the PR staff is connected to so many different departments within the organization. You know, we uh, effectively try to execute the stuff for sales and marketing, all of our fan engagements, season ticket holder promotions, all of that stuff, anything that involves a player. It comes through us because we basically control their calendars and know what the asks are, what they have outside, if they have endorsement deals. We basically streamline their schedules so that everything can be done in the
1: most efficient manner as possible. I mean the biggest thing. I've seen your Excel spreadsheet <laughs> <where> you <laughs> trying to keep track of all the interviews. I mean, it's a, it's a lot to keep track of. Yeah. I don't know if people realize just the amount of requests everybody gets, but especially number 87 <laughs> yeah
2: so for Sidney Crosby we actually have an excel spreadsheet with all of his requests including the ones we've turned down just because we never like him to be in a position where we go to a different city and they're like and this happens all the time I tried to get you for this story I was working on about so and so and he's like oh yeah and they're like yeah I sent Jen an email and he is gracious and understanding to be like oh well Jen keeps track of everything you know that we have And I'm sure I saw it. It must not just worked with the schedule. So I keep track of everything we turn down so that he's aware and he sees that because we typically we typically ask him for things that make the most sense. You know, what is going to be most visible? Like national radio shows are about all the radio shows he does besides our home flagship station. If it's not a national show, it doesn't. You know, we need to maximize his time as much as possible. So when we have him do interviews, we want to reach as many people as we can. So we do keep a spreadsheet that has all the no's as well so that he can see what we said no to. And then that helps me when he feels like he's doing a lot. <laughs> I can be like, well, here's all the stuff you d- I didn't make you do. <laughs> sometimes he believes me. Sometimes he doesn't. But yes, having Sid and Gino and Latang and Kessel, that's definitely makes our team unique. And uh, Jason Sidling has been someone that, I've worked with now really close for over 10 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jason now helps me handle a lot of these requests, and (laughs) we're a good team. I'm not sure if we'd keep it, uh, the balls would be falling out of the air if we weren't together (laughs) on this stuff.
0: Yeah, I would say that the overwhelming basically reach out from various mass media, whether it's and even on the the other side too, them looking at marketing, advertising, you're working with SIDS agencies, all these different things, and all the players' agencies, really um and and I don't think people realize obviously the number one priority is to win on the ice but team understands you got to sell tickets you got to sell the product so you have to have some flexibility but it's all about balance and can you talk about a little bit the balance that it takes to handle those things
2: yeah you know and it's been interesting because now more than ever sponsorships are asking for things in their agreements that are you know player endorsement related or appearances things like that and it's kind of fuzzy because um with the CBA, they have to go through their agents and they do go through their agents. But then lo and behold, the guys come to me and they're like, Oh, I'm supposed to do something for, you know, this sponsor X, Y, Z. Can you help me? Like what day is that going to be? So it ends up kind of getting streamlined through us just for the execution once the deals are done. And that can be challenging. You know, I, I'm sure have you guys had a Jake shake, you know, Jake's been doing (laughs) a lot of endorsements right now. Um, proud to say I tried the Jake shake the same day Jake tried the Jake <laughs> shake <laughs> but you know th- those are things you don't think of you know you think that Jake just does those but that's actually something that goes through his agent but then it comes back to the team when when it's actually time to get executed so those are things that have definitely changed over the years and balancing that with community asks you know we like to Truth be told, the players like those things the most, right? You know, that's when they get to give back. They love being with the kids, things like that. There's so many things that happen that you guys don't see, uh, basically because the players are, you know, they don't want the cameras there when they're doing things like that. They want it to be more meaningful for the people there and, Sometimes there's a little bit of a, but it looks so good, you know? Like, it's such a great story. <laughs> yeah. The
0: PR person, and like, no, we got to. I'm like, this is a great cameras.
2: story, you know? But yeah. they, it's never the reason they do it. So it's something that's, you've been kind of walking a fine line to keep them happy and still get some stuff out there for community purposes.
0: So give us a, a day in the life for you. Let's, we can even use today as an example of being a busy. <laughs> Today's a terrible a day. Yeah, pra- we can do it. A, a busy <laughs> practice day. And then. A typical game day, a okay. home game day.
2: Okay. So today is a practice day, but not a typical practice day because we practice downtown at the arena. We typically practice at the UPMC Lemieux Sports Complex in Cranberry on non-game days. So I knew this day was coming, which is circled on my calendar because anytime I have extra time with the players and we're at the arena, it just means I'm filling up the day. <laughs> um, so I had to stop at UPMC this morning and pick something up and drop something off. So I went there first. I came downtown. And I was texting with Sid and Gino, and talking to Sid on the phone because it was a team autograph signing session, and my office had a ton of stuff that needed to be signed. And
1: <laughs> Your office is always <laughs> filled to the brim. My you guys office should see it. it's is crazy. Sidney Crosby yes. storage closet.
2: So today I texted him and said, "Are you at the rink yet?" And Private number came up on my phone. And I said, That's a no. <laughs> and he said, What's going on? I said, Can I add to the team signing today and get some of this stuff out of my office? He's like, Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But um we do key bank challenges or something that's a sponsored element that we do. And today, here's a little sneak peek. We did another one with Sid and Gino. I don't know if anyone saw last year they raced the Zambonis to which my heart was pounding out of my chest that one of them was going to get hurt and I was going to be fired immediately. Um,
1: And they almost hit one of our colleagues' cars. they almost ran
2: into a car. Gino almost ran into a car in the parking lot. So with the Zamboni, there's no brake. You have to take your foot off the gas. And he wasn't taking his foot off the gas until he was sure he crossed that finish line before Sid. So let's say it was like... Danger zone. Yes. So today was a rematch, and they did trick shots from the upper concourse. I actually didn't get to watch them film it because I had too much other stuff going yeah. on. Um, today we taped in the room interviews, so we had two players tape interviews for that, and then the coach did his post practice. Uh, we taped congratulation messages in advance to Matt Cullen for 1,500 games, Gino a <laughs> thousand points, anyone I could grab. <laughs> um what else do we do it's today? so funny
1: I'll just see like Jen has oh we had uh, practice
2: and yeah. general media availability
1: <laughs> she has a yellow oh, a legal meet and pad greet. yeah meet and greet I had a meet and greet today too four just, players like, in the room and there's just like a list of stuff and you could just, it's so incredible she'll just be like pulling guys like left and right to. Like, they don't just, like when they're on my yeah. list
2: they know when I come in they're like oh today I saw Sydney's he's like you have that look in your eye like I'm getting stuff done today and I'm like listen I have so much stuff I already got done today yes. like I'm following through yes so it's been one of those days but it's a good one and uh-huh. everyone's like why are you in such a hurry I said because Sam and Michelle are bringing yes. me to Point
1: Park to do a podcast so and I so couldn't sure pawn that off on anyone some, else today I'm sure you got some trips for that but oh yeah all in good fun I hope they don't listen
0: <laughs> oh they're listening <laughs> hello to all of them listening right now <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. but it is kind of crazy because at the start of the year right you have to like just like look at the calendar and i don't think people maybe understand how few practices there really are to get stuff done throughout the course of the of the season because sometimes yeah. you know if they play like three games in four nights or something and the coach ends up giving them a day off then that's a whole day you lose in terms of trying to get requests taken care of so it's crazy how small the schedule gets <laughs> as the year goes on. With just yeah. like, oh my God, we only I've gotten one burned day. by that a lot yeah. of times in the past.
2: So
0: He's probably explaining them that on a game day you can't really get a lot done yeah. because they're so focused on the game. So these practice days you try to cram in everything that you can as far as media wise, autograph wise, whatever. It's meet and greets, all those things. Stuff yeah. you
2: see on in the room, like, hey, what are you guys doing today? Oh, we're gonna go golfing. Cool. I'm gonna send a camera. <laughs> like it's almost like they don't want to tell me what they're doing when they leave the rink now because they know that I'm gonna ask if I can send a camera. Yeah, and,
0: and you yeah, will. And I will. <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, but, yeah, so it's, thanks for clarifying that. On a game day, we don't ask them to do anything outside of general availability or their TV or radio asks. Other than that, we p- kind of just let them lay low. So practices are f- far and few in between. But as Michelle was saying, I actually am, uh, I sit down with our team services director at the beginning of the year. And we ask for a month in advance, all the requests for the entire year from our sales team, our marketing team, season tickets, foundation, community relations. And we sit there and we plug away at the calendar and put it all in. And then it goes to the coaches and gets approved. But like today's meet and greet, for example, was actually scheduled in September. So (laughs) it's a lot of... And like we know yeah. now, like what days are kind of in jeopardy, so we stay right. away from them. Like how Michelle said, if it's three and four nights and there's a practice day, I don't put all my eggs in that basket because I know <laughs> it's probably going to be a disaster. Right? You
1: know, you've yeah. you've been through this before. But yeah. so what was
0: you saying? You have the general availability and a game day. So what's a game day look like? Oh, sorry. For, <laughs> <understand>? <laughs>
1: That's why I don't do that. Just kidding. Uh, a general
2: game day for me is probably. Coming in, getting started, just looking through my email to see what the requests are for that day. Um, I also assign the still photographer position, so open the credential book and see who's here for still photographers. I take a look at the camera map every uh, game day morning just because I want to see if there's anything unusual for broadcast requests. Typically, there's not, and then see if in the room has a request for that day, if they're miking anyone. And then 10.30 is the morning skate. It's usually optional, so guys are coming off pretty soon, like 45 thir- or forty five fifty. 50. We get it going. We do player availability. Then we do coach availability. I actually have a pretty decent break, uh, probably like from 1 to 3 in the day, and that's nice. Usually try and get some lunch, maybe get away from the rink for an hour or two just because it is a long day. Yes. <laughs>
1: you need to break it
2: up yes usually get a coffee somewhere in there <laughs> that, or two. yeah that interview you see with coach and uh dan potash not to ruin it happens at 4:20 every game day so it's a little earlier than it looks like on the broadcast but we do that and then um from then on it's mostly just reminding players what they have making sure the camera gets in the room before the game and then i go upstairs to the media level say with these two Uh, the the highlight of her day clearly (laughs) it is watch the game and then at intermissions i go down with five minutes left in the period so i can go see if our broadcasts who they want and if the game's lopsided uh we tend to get the visiting broadcast too uh and also because we have sydney crosby we tend to get the visiting broadcast as well (laughs) so uh we're pretty busy but i wouldn't want it any other way it's i love that it changes every day and it's chaotic i actually have a sign up little wooden sign above my desk at UPMC that says chaos coordinator. <laughs> it seriously
1: should be my title. <laughs> I mean, honestly, senior, director, just... chaos coordinator. senior director, chaos coordinator, <laughs> yeah,
0: give yourself some credit here.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, this is, I mean, it's obviously your dream job and I know that we touched somewhat on how you, you got to to where you are today, but I just think it's so interesting. Um, just in the sense that you had that internship, graduate internship with point park can you just take us through how, from there, you got an internship with the Penguins and then got to where you are today? Yeah, sure.
2: So um, when I left the Walt Disney Company, I knew I wanted to either become an agent in hockey or I wanted to work um, in the communication side of hockey. But I also was, oh, you know, I think I know what I want to do now, so I'm going to go to grad school. So when I was applying for graduate opportunities, Point Park, it was the first year of the sports arts entertainment management uh, MBA program. So I was like, oh, that sounds great. I'll do that. The first day they talked about having contacts and the contact was Tom McMillan, my current boss. So (laughs) it's a great story. I just moved back from Florida and I invited Tom to lunch and I invited him to a pizza place in Squirrel Hill. So I pull up which if
0: you know Tom McMillan's not really his uh go to.
2: (laughs) I'm getting there. (laughs) So I pull up and park and I go to the pizza door and they closed while I lived in Florida. It said we've we've moved, like not moved down the block, like moved to a different area. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never met Tom in person before. I see him walking down the street and I'm just like, What am I gonna do? So I'm like hi tom i'm jen apparently this restaurant closed while i lived in florida i don't know like could we go down the street and we just started walking he was cool we we were winging it you know i think he was probably relieved because now i'm <laughs> knowing him pizza would not have i probably wouldn't be sitting here if You're i right. took him for pizza um but we ended up going to like a panera bread and i remember him giving me like just honest advice like back then it was 15 years ago you know and i remember him saying like it's hard it's getting jobs in sports is hard, you know, and I, you know, he's like, I don't, I hate to say it, but it's more difficult for females. He's like, but in hockey, it's even more difficult. There's just not a lot of females in hockey. And I remember I didn't even, it didn't even sink into me like that. He said that, you know, like it didn't matter to me. Like I grew up not thinking about that at all. Right. And so I applied for the internship. He told me how to apply. I applied for the internship. I interviewed, I got the job. I sent him an email thanking him and he said, Oh, that's great. And I'm like, (laughs) well, I just wanted to say thanks if, you know, if you had anything to do with that. He's like, no, I didn't even know you applied. And I was like, well, that's good. (laughs) Like, it made me feel good. And so then I started my internship and it was great. And um, the internship was, I still had one more year left in my adult accelerated MBA. So I was working game nights and I had literally had school (laughs) on every other Friday from 6 to 10 and all day Saturday from 8.30 to 4.30 so there were some weekends where I couldn't go to class or I could only go to the morning class on the Saturday. Thankfully, um, the Penguins play away on a lot of weekends to fill other buildings. And so the team was away a lot or else I don't know how I would have finished. It was pretty crazy. But all my professors were really great because that was the goal, right, to get a job. And I got the job. So it was like whatever we need to do to do it. And I didn't take advantage of it. You know, I did my schoolwork and I still showed up to class as much as possible, but the last semester I was like, I don't think I could do this. We were going to the. We, it was the year we went to um, Sweden. It was no.
0: No, was it the? Cup it, final? it
2: wasn't the Cup final. It was, 07. It was the first round. First so round was, to exit. this it was uh, first senators. round of the Senators. Yeah. Okay. So we hadn't made the playoffs with Sidney Crosby yet. That was the first time, and it was so chaotic. <laughs> we had so much going on. I'm trying to write my final papers. I remember I had one that was due. I'm not kidding you. It was 15 pages single space
1: who does that
2: oh my god i can tell you who hey, but Point I park
0: university demands highly of their students that's why they I turn out such great like, products no
2: way i have to write the game notes which i was awful at <laughs> and write a 15 page paper oh my god. so yeah that was like welcome to the real world
1: yeah real quick
2: but eh, somehow
1: well, it worked out i love the story of how so you started what was your um, initial role with the penguins when you got hired full-time
2: when i got hired full-time i was manager of media relations
1: so this is the only so i'm gonna write a book one day like
2: stuff that only happens to me this is what happens to me (laughs) so there was an opening for the manager of media relations position and they had invited me back that year to become a part-time game night employee somehow i ate contaminated spinach and was so sick the day i was supposed to go to the preseason game meet Tom, tell him I was interested in the job. I spent the day in the ER at Shadyside Hospital getting IVs and still went to the game that night to tell Tom. And he's like, I thought you were sick. I said, I, I am sick. He's like, well, what are you doing here? I'm like, I wanted to tell you in person that I want this job. And he's like, you could have sent me an email. You know, like and I'm like, okay, well, you know, sorry. This is the way I was going about it. So then I interviewed and I ended up getting the manager of media relations. So I started on October 1st was my official start date probably like the first week in November the director came in and he's like if anybody asks I'm sick today and I'm like what are you really and he's like I just resigned I'm like what he literally just taught just taught me the game notes you know like I didn't even really know what I was doing and I remember that day Ray Shiro I had to go in the locker room and do the media that day and our GM at the time was Ray Shiro and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said well kids sink or swim and opened the door, and that day was incredible. I, WTAE was there doing reads for Project Bundle Up, and I didn't know any of the players. I was going from player to player, like, Hi, I'm Jen. Keith's not here today. Um, would you mind doing this? Or, Hi, I'm Jen. Keith's not here today. He said you have this to do today. And later that night, in retrospect, I got a text from Keith that said, Sid, text, tell Jen, stop being so polite. <laughs> Little did he know. Yeah. 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 If he only knew me yeah. now.
1: <laughs> well, that I love that story. It's it's just so sink or swim, kid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sink or swim. Shaped by the energy and opportunity of downtown Pittsburgh, the Point Park University experience is unlike any other. It's a more active, more engaged, more professional education. Ideally located. That's the point. Point Park University. Learn more at pointpark.edu. A huge part of your job is just developing relationships with everyone from from the media to the players to coaches to management I mean just what are what are some of the the special relationships that you formed over the years that that stand out and, and how did you kind of go about doing that well you know I think
2: I was always someone that was personable but one thing that I learned when I was working at Disney was you know we'd have celebrities in all the time and athletes it was kind of something that I never treated them any different you know I was always just Like I told you, I was like, hi, I'm Jen, you know, (laughs) I've never met you, things like that. I think that I just used like small talk and humor. I like to joke around a lot. Like they give me a lot of crap, but I tend to give it right back to them. (laughs) But I've been very fortunate. You know, I've been around one, two, three, four coaches, three GMs. And I have to say that I love them all equally Um, they're all completely different, (laughs) but I, I've had a great relationship with all of them and I, I don't know what it, what it is. I've just been really fortunate to be able to make those relationships. I mean, trust is a huge issue and I'm very sensitive. These two know this. They're two of my dear friends and Mm -hmm. sometimes they're on the other side of my door and I can't say stuff in front of them just for the off chance. You know, I would never want anything to get back to me that I know, whether it's that I even just told them. I would never want the coach or the GM or any of the players to think I broke their trust in any way, no matter who it's to. So the circle of trust is really small. And I think that's something that's probably helped to my success with relationships with those guys.
1: And I think something that I think to me is so cool is that you were around when Sid first came into the league, when Gina first came into the league, when Chris Letang first came into the league. Like, Can you just tell us about what that was like? Because – uh, I remember you telling a funny story one time about how you had to teach Tanger how to go through a toll booth. Yeah, and write a check. Exactly, I mean, and like help Gina learn English. I mean, that, that's just, like this is the stuff that Jen does behind the scenes. Not only does she help coordinate, you know, it, she obviously helps coordinate interviews, but she has just such great relationships with them and, and they trust her so much and she helps them so much in so many ways. So I think that's a really cool part of your job that, you know, people might not know that much about.
2: Yeah, I mean, those three especially, I always say that I'm not sure my career would be as successful if I didn't stay with this team this long. Because I've really grown up with those three. I was 23 when I was the intern. And I might have been 22. Oh, I was 22 for like a month when I was the intern. (laughs) So I was 23 when I started full time. And, you know, I grew up with them. like They were young. (laughs) We were all going through growing pains together. I think Gino's two English words were pizza and hot (laughs) dog, And no. He knew the word no. And uh, it was very obvious to me right from the beginning that Gino understood what I was saying. Right. But he did not say anything back.
0: He pretended not to say anything back. He pretended.
2: Yeah. Gino is extremely smart. Um, So smart that... It makes him nervous when he does interviews because he is intelligent to know that his English sounds bad. You know, like when you guys all wear T-shirts that say I'm score and taste big. It's funny, but it's not funny to him because he actually knows that it's a joke because his English is bad, you know. So yeah. that's a true story about Gino. Tanger was like, uh, oh, God, he's <laughs> like my son. I love him. Tanger he really one is. day came to me and said that he was driving and I went through a toll booth. No, I went through the drive-through, and I didn't have any money. Um, he's like, so I just went through, and I'm like, well, did you get? What did you get? He's like, I think I get a ticket, and I'm like, what do you mean you think you got a ticket? Like, what? What are you talking? I'm like, tell me this again. We had just called him from Wilkes Barre. He's like, I'm driving in my car. You know, you drive for a while, and then you go through a drive-through, and I'm like, a toll booth. He's like. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I told Booth. You know? He he tells me he doesn't remember the story, yeah. by the <laughs> way. And he's like, I got a ticket in the mail. And I'm like, okay, well, bring me the ticket. So we had to overnight it because it was due. And then we had to teach him how to write a check. So that was some fun stuff. <laughs> Sid, he was pretty. He's been pretty perfect from the day I met him. (laughs) Seriously. He is that guy. He was an adult as soon as he was born. He was that guy that you don't have to sit there and hold your breath that he's going to say the wrong thing. Instead, it's like, I can't wait to hear what he says because it's going to be the right thing at the right time. There's not a lot of gray area with him. He's black and white. Like His answers are are always well thought, (laughs) well conveyed. Um, (laughs) If anything, I learned a lot of respect for him right off the bat because... He was getting pulled in a million directions then. I mean, people say he was, he's the face of the NHL. He literally was the face of the NHL that year. I mean, there was nobody else that remotely, and the stuff he did for the league is stuff that, I mean, I don't think anyone could ever go back and mimic because it was just incredible. Like, the way he was on the ice, the way he was off the ice, he was literally the perfect package, and he's a great person too.
0: And I know he's not with the team anymore, but Marc-Andre Fleury, I know you and two uh, had a very, very close, tight relationship.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Flower was my buddy. (laughs) Probably the toughest day of my job was sitting a seat over from Sidney Crosby when he came out on the stage at the Las Vegas awards show during the expansion draft. draft, And I knew he was behind the curtain. Like they were going to surprise the Vegas fans what that pick was going to be there and I knew he was coming out I was videoing it and I just started crying and Sid had a camera in his face like when I say a camera in your face I mean like two feet from your face like we want his reaction right and I, I had tears rolling down my face and he looked over and he said keep it together there's a camera in your face <laughs> <laughs> because he was trying to keep it together I mean, yeah that's one where you realize that it truly is a business because if it weren't not one person in this world would have wanted to see him <laughs> leave Pittsburgh. So no. he was he was special, and he probably made my job so much easier. He used to make me laugh every day. The things he said, the <laughs> way he, you know, just made things easier. You know, he wasn't that weird goaltender that, you know, doesn't talk and doesn't want to do this and doesn't want to do that. He was the weird goaltender that wanted to do whatever. He didn't care. (laughs) He
0: was fortunate fortunate in his own way.
2: We've actually been fortunate not to have too many superstitious goaltenders, but like he was the epitome of the other end of the spectrum. So (laughs) you're like, oh, wow, I don't know. Can the goaltender do this? Yeah. I mean, who else goes and judges Halloween costumes (laughs) before the game and hands out pizza? He's probably one of the most unique people I've ever met.
0: Of course, he called you J-Lo. You got to tell wow. everyone about your nickname.
2: <laughs> back when I was younger. <laughs> Not now. None, none
0: of them, they probably don't even know who she is.
2: <laughs> they do so. She's Does anyone sarcastic. here know Jennifer
0: Lopez? Oh, okay. Yeah, come all on. Right. All right. I'm, Give so, I'm some some sorry. Give Seriously. them some credit. Give them some credit. She's hotter now. Seriously. Like She's hotter, right? <laughs> so back in the day, yeah. the
2: guys used to call me J-Lo. It was pretty embarrassing, but also flattering. I'm sure yeah. my face was bright red when I'd come in the room. They would all... Be
1: funny and yell J yeah. Flower Jayla. with his accent. He's like, oh, J Lo. He still <laughs> calls so me J funny And one time at the. Stalsy, um, where was it Jayla. that they made you a credential?
2: Oh, yeah. The 2009 Stanley Cup Finals. My Stanley Cup final credential says Jennifer Bolano, but it has Jennifer Lopez's picture. <laughs> because so they the the nickname, found out yeah. that they called me that. Yeah, exactly. That was fun times. Like I, I said, I, I grew that. up with them. We've, we've grown past the J <laughs> <laughs> nickname.
0: You're mature now. I'm yeah, mature. I feel like yeah, your hyphenated and name and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's like Sam and I would say that probably whip that out more now yeah. than anybody else. Yeah,
0: some of the only old school the, guys. Yeah, do. only
2: the old school people really yep. know that one. Tanger will still do it.
1: Oh, yes, he
2: always yeah. does. Yeah. There, was a, he, there was one of his cards on my desk not too long ago, and he signed it to J-Lo. He like, <laughs> just picks it up and signed it. I said, how do you know that wasn't for someone else? You're He's really... like, I don't know. He's like, was it? I'm like, I don't even know how it got there. But uh, so. <laughs> but I guess it's mine now. Yeah, it's mine now. <laughs>
0: so It's one of these are the, these small little things, are the things you really take away in your memories too. But, I mean, you've been through a lot. We talked about all the coaches and GMs, but also three Stanley Cups. Yeah. Part of the, all that. So and, fortunate. Uh, I,
2: I could uh, never have imagined that in my entire life.
0: What what are some, some things that stick out? And obviously the cups are the big ones and touch on those, but even beyond that, be, maybe into those kind of those personal friendships or personal moments, like you talked about the J-Lo credential.
2: Um, the cups are amazing, amazing. Like, you know, you don't even think about that at that moment, like what an opportunity it was. And for me, I had my baby in 15, so in 16 we won. So she was just a year old. And I, like, remember just crying because I was like this was all worth it you know like I have something to show for it and putting her in the (laughs) cup was like my personal relief of like yes this was worth it because I forced myself to get back into it and still travel as soon as she was born and that was really hard but it's one of my favorite memories the other is what I would say is being a part of some of the guys personal milestones you know like I have pictures with Sid and Gino when they won scoring titles at the awards with their awards. And those are special to me because, you know, they take pictures that day of themselves with the awards, their family and the awards, and then I have pictures with them. So that's pretty nice memory for me to have that stuff because, you know, you're just a small part of it. You know, I don't (laughs) affect anything they do on the ice. But, you know, it's at the end of the year and this past year was... um, Oh, I'll share this with you guys. Um, (laughs) this past year said actually wrote me a note and I remember being like, wow, you know, knowing that he appreciates what I do for him is something that it makes it all worthwhile. And you know, that they're just good people. And I would, I always say that, you know, I did a little bit of work, um, in other sports like football and stuff like that. And when I was working with them, I realized that, hockey players are the most humble of athletes I've met and I don't know if this is right but I always attribute it to you don't have to pay to go play basketball at a playground or find grass to go play football you know to practice things like that but there's so much sacrifice and stuff that goes into hockey and your family and you know those around you that are taking care of that and paying for it I think it just brings a natural appreciation when they make it and I don't think they change a lot of them stay exactly the same you know they they realize the sacrifices that were made for them, and they're still in that mentality of, like, a lot of people helped me get here, and they don't take it for granted, and I really, that's one of my favorite things about working with hockey players.
0: I mean, it's proof that Malkin and uh, Crosby and Latangy, all those guys, I don't really think they've changed much, honestly, since they were young. Oh. Talk about growing up <laughs> together, but they're still pretty much big kids. They really are.
2: <laughs> oh, Gino is so funny. If you really knew Gino, he is so funny. <laughs> I mean, some days he drives me crazy. Not as crazy as Phil Kessel, but you guys all love Phil Kessel, right? You can't not.
0: <laughs> Who doesn't, yeah.
1: He's a beauty. Yeah, just how unique is, is that relationship been oh. with him?
2: <laughs> so um, Phil and I have a really unique relationship, but one that I am proud of because I know in the past media has been like a thorn in his side and it's been very difficult. He gives me a lot of crap, but I know it's all in good fun. Yeah. Every time he talks to these guys or talks to the media, he's, you know, I'm only here because Jen said I have to be. And I'm like, can you stop giving the opening monologue and throwing me under the bus? Like, just do it every because, time. Just yes. do it because that's what every other person in the locker room does and you're
1: supposed to do it. Yeah.
2: But he is hysterical. I mean, that kid is like a superstar by default. Yes. Everything he does ends up as a gif or funny and he wants to, you know scream and yell at me but yeah. at the end of the day he loves it because you guys all love him and yeah he's so endearing yeah he really is <laughs> he really is but what you see is what you get <laughs>
0: well it's interesting that you mentioned when you first met tom and you talked about the difficulty of being a female and making it not yeah. only in sports in general but the nhl so what are some of the challenges that you had to face and had to overcome
2: oh my gosh i just got into a fight with a writer in montreal the other day. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah yeah gosh um It was tough. Yeah. When I first started traveling, when I first became the director and I would travel, I can't tell you probably the first 30 trips I went on. Someone came up to me and said, hi, is your PR director around? Um, Hi, I'm looking for your PR director. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. You know, is he around? I'm like, yep, I'm him. (laughs) I mean, it got old and but it. Like I said, when I started to say, I never looked at it like that. So for me, it was a real challenge to understand that I had to go through that because I never thought that I was at a disadvantage because I was female. I just thought like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And I had never been told that I couldn't do something because I was female. So I never even thought of it. you know. And I also realized that times have changed in the world where it's also more, you know, topic of interest and more public and you know a lot of things are being done to promote females in the workplace but back then I didn't think of it as oh wow this is crazy and when Tom hired me he took a really big chance when he made me director he took a really big chance and I remember he tells the story uh, we had someone that came in as the director well I told you that the director resigned like the month (laughs) after I started someone else came in and he actually worked for the team for about a year and a half and then one day Tom asked me to go sit in the locker room and I was like, okay. And he's like, uh, I need to talk to someone else when I come back, I'll come back and get you when I'm done. So I knew he was going to talk to my counterpart because my desk was right outside of his office. So I'm like, well, can I have my phone? And he's like, yeah. So he gives me my phone. And he goes back. I need something. Yeah. I'm sitting in yeah, the locker like- room in the off season is like, you could hear crickets. So I'm just sitting back there like, yeah. what is going on yeah. right now? And he comes back and he says, I just let the director of media Relations go and I just wanted to let you know. And to this day, he says um, that the the body wasn't cold Then I stepped right over and asked, does that mean I get to go to Sweden for the premier games? And he he was like, that was a Friday. And he says that he went to happy hour after that. And he was talking with our team services guy. Like, you know, I I just want to have this inkling to give Jen the chance. Like maybe I should do it. And then Monday I became the director of media relations and that was huge deal. And I didn't know that it was a huge deal. Like there was a female VP of communications at the national hockey league at the time. And she called and left me a voicemail. And said, you know, I just wanted to leave a voicemail. You don't know me. I've never met you yet, but I'm so proud of you as a female. And I was like, what? Like, is this rare? Yeah. Like that? I literally had no idea. And then, it, you know, it became that I was the only female that had my job. And now there's so many other, you know, women getting involved and starting out in this field. And it's really happy for me. I'm proud to say that my past three graduate assistants have been female. And, you know, I, I loved it. I loved when we hired Michelle. Yeah. You know, it was great. It's it's great, but like again, yeah. I never thought of it. Like you guys can do this. If you want to do it, you can do it. Don't don't think that you can't. There's a lot more females than males in the yeah. room right now.
1: You guys can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it is because I just feel like any obstacle, you just figure out how to work around it. Like one example I would say is that a lot of locker rooms aren't gen friendly. <laughs> that's <laughs> is how, how, we, we that's <laughs> how we describe it. That's how we
0: describe it. should probably explain what gen friendly means.
1: Yeah. It
2: means there are naked men. <laughs>
0: It means the change room <laughs> the change where they, room. Where they <laughs> get shower. naked and shower is not, it's visible. Yeah. It's hard rooms. to
2: hide. So. Right. There's a lot of locker rooms where I walk backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. But, I look at the floor right. when I walk past the change room. Like I always tell like my girl interns and uh, my grad assistant, I'm like, listen, if you want them to respect you, you have to look them in the eye because obviously they're half naked. You know, it's just the way it is. They're in there. They don't think of it that way, but they're wearing like they're under. What do you, what's it called, Sam? The like? garment. <laughs> their <laughs> garment. No, not their undergarments.
1: Was well, that what it's called? I don't
2: know. Like their spandex that they wear underneath. Yeah. You
1: know, right. I mean, they basically. The tights. I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know what <laughs> Whatever you call it. That's... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. There's just like so much that you have to think about that. Yeah. You know? I mean,
2: no one else thinks about that stuff, but I do. Like, I don't make a joke about Well, I guess I do.
1: California wish media. medium yeah. shorts. <laughs>
0: Oh, he does. You're dude. not wrong. <laughs> yeah. You are not wrong. They're beyond tight.
1: Yeah.
2: That, so there's some difficulties, but what we were really getting at is a yeah. little tangent. Yeah, um, <laughs> Gen-friendly rooms are like, that door right there is the shower, and that door right there is the change room. So they have to get from point A to B, and this is the locker room, so... I mean, it's nice that there's a lot more female reporters in the room these days, so it's not just me, but I literally would stand with my back towards that and walk sideways out to try and get out because I don't even want to ever be, you know, anyone even say that I was being inappropriate by any means. So that's what she means by gender friendly.
1: Yeah, Yeah, she's just always, you're just so good in that regard. And it's, I mean, you basically had to figure it out as you went along, (laughs) sink or swim, swim. (laughs) I mean, from day one. I'd never been in the locker room. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't even know where to go. I walked in, there's like the lounge, and I'm like,
2: oh, okay. Yeah. Anyone want to tell me which way the locker
1: room is? But. Yeah, and you're just, you're so good at what you do, and you really are. I mean, for me personally, such an inspiration, and oh, I might no. get like kind of emotional <laughs> talking about it, but like you guys don't even know, like Jen's just so amazing at what she does, and she's she's family to us, and she takes care of us, and we look up to her so much for everything. She's just the best person ever Aww. so we're just <laughs> we're really proud we of her and, family. yeah and we're really the penguins couldn't be more lucky to have someone like her in this role because she's just so good at it and cares so much and we're uh just i do care about them yes you really do I'm and like it, it my shows little buddies. <laughs> i had 20 sons before i had one daughter yeah. true story <laughs> true it story. really is true and and maybe just quickly before we wrap up just I mean what have been the the challenges of being a working mother in a in a job like sports where I mean the it's just nonstop. I mean our schedules are just so crazy I mean she was just on the road and um, you know came back had a Sunday with her daughter and then it's right back to work and it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot to juggle. So I got home at 2 a.m. and I was at Disney on ice at noon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and but. I'm sure you were up much earlier than that. Like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Up as soon as she says it's time to get up. Um, She's been my greatest reward, seriously. I didn't even know I wanted to have a kid. I was so career oriented. And I met my husband and I knew then that I wanted to have a kid. And having her was probably the biggest challenge in my career because oh, they tell you you can have it all, but it's hard. That's my other book. Yes. You guys are making me yes. give my books out here. I'm going to make Don't steal teasers. any of these ideas. Yeah. One day you am going to read a book that I write about the sarcasms of having it all between working in sports and having a kid. Well, I think obviously my husband Eric is a huge help. He uh, luckily works from home and plans his schedule around the Pittsburgh Penguins schedule. And I don't think we could do it otherwise. Yeah, But it is a juggle and I'm fortunate the Penguins are good about it. You know, a lot of weeks we work seven days a week, so... If the team has a day off during the week, I'll work from home that day just so I can be with her. And I'm fortunate that my family's close by and my my in-laws and my parents are both nearby. So we have a lot of help. Otherwise, I'm not sure how I could do it um the guys are great every once in a while I bring her to practice and that is hysterical (laughs) so it tells her she's not allowed in the room till she's 18 and she's (laughs) just like running through it you know she has no idea she has cups we won the cup back-to-back years Her first two years on this planet and uh when we didn't win last year she's like mommy there's the cup on tv you know and I'm like I know I know you know but she has no idea how awesome and one day I hope she appreciates it she actually has pictures of the Stanley Cup in her crib with her and Aww. things like that. So it's been so rewarding, but it is a challenge. But I I this is a true story. I don't yeah. think I've ever even told these guys this. But yeah. ever since the day I went back to work, I tell her, Mommy has to go to work so you can be whatever you want when you grow up. And I know that I'm just like a small part of making that happen, but I'm not someone who I don't know, I don't I'm not someone who I want to show her by example, right? I don't yes. want to preach to her and tell her what she should and shouldn't do. So I figure if I set an example, then she can make her own decisions. So, and she's already very strong-willed. And <laughs> I know my hands are full. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs>
0: Well, there's no doubt you'll be an inspiration to her. And Aww, you're already an inspiration, sense. I don't know, to myself and Michelle. And I'm sure a lot of people in here I love here. you, Guy. <laughs> we
1: love you so much. But, uh, we are a family. We have an imaginary family at work. Yeah. I mean, we spend so much time together on the road. I mean, everywhere. Before Michelle and Jason came yeah. along, Sammy and I used to go on dates on yeah. the
0: road,
2: dinner, and a movie. We were, we were the non couple on couple dates a lot. My went favorite
0: to, story Disney World, yes. Disneyland yeah the mall of america the mall of america we've had a lot of good dates yeah
1: we've had some fun times on that road. was when you got your face painted and you didn't realize <laughs> oh, i
2: got my face painted afterwards. at disney world and we had so much fun we totally forgot we drove back not from we
0: <laughs> i saw it every time i looked at her she totally <laughs> such forgot a
2: brat. so we drove back from orlando well, I to tampa it was late at night we get to the team hotel and i start to walk towards the sliding doors and i'm like oh, my face i can't go in there and he's like what do you mean i'm like my face is painted he's like no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. I was like, made him walk through to make sure no one that we knew was anywhere near. I
0: just got out the report. <laughs>
1: so we have had a lot of fun non hockey times, too. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are OGs together. Three cups together. Yeah.
0: That's, that's yeah. the one thing I think when, when people ask me my favorite part of the job, it's, I mean, obviously hockey is a passion of mine and the game, and I love writing and all that stuff. But I think the people that we work with yeah. coming to work every day with her, Jason, Michelle, Josh we gets off a and a bunch crew. of our bunch of our group. Yeah. I know I'm leaving a lot of people out, but that's that's honestly what makes it so much fun and worth coming to every day, and it's why I get excited to come to work every day.
2: Yeah, same. Yeah.
0: But Jen, to finish off here, uh, and we have obviously you know, the a uh, lot of female audience here today. So, do you have any advice for them, or even the men in the audience, to be how they become <laughs> the next Jen Brid- Belano Ridgely?
2: Um. Yeah. I mean you got to be persistent. I always tell my students there's a fine line between being persistent and um, being just totally slipped my mind. Annoying. Sorry, <laughs> that's the word. you want to redo it? we can, we yeah, can, yeah, edit. We can cut We this. can edit it. <laughs> I always tell my power. students that there's a fine line between being persistent and being annoying. I think if you're going to reach out to people, understand their schedule. You know, If you email us during a game, we're less likely to get back to you. If you email us at 3 in the morning, we're less likely to get back to you. And trust me, I was in college. I pulled all-nighters every night. I was the biggest procrastinator that there is. Um, but I think that you have to really know what you want to do, and I encourage you to do as many internships as possible because you may think that this is exactly what you want to do, and it may not be. My job's glamorous, but there's a lot of unglamorous parts to it too. Yes. You know, and... That's one thing I think is probably the biggest myth of my job is that it's all glamor because it's a lot of hard work too. I think that networking is awesome. The problem is networking with people in our industry is difficult because we're so busy. The off season's best anytime. Like, you know, if you can ask what would be a good time to talk, you know, that would be great. Um, But pick as many brains as you can. I think that that's definitely one of the biggest necessities and have thick skin because it's unforgiving, sports is unforgiving. I mean, I had a guy standing right in front of me two days ago that couldn't care less what I was coming, what words were coming out of my mouth, because Sidney Crosby was standing next to me, and it was so frustrating. Right, And you so, just have to
1: learn not to take it personal. Yeah, I'm I mean, so
2: hard. I couldn't you know yeah. Sam would say <laughs> bring out the Newcastle and: yeah.
0: <laughs> Can't take the girl out of Newcastle.: or scar sorry. You can take new wait, what is it? You can take the girl out of Newcastle, but you can't out. take the newcastle out of the girl.
1: True <laughs> story. Yes. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, yeah.
0: Well, thanks everybody. Thank you, Jen, for taking the time with us. Yeah. Thank you guys thanks for, for coming. being a great audience and being attentive. The penguins
2: have great support at Point Park. Every time I teach, there's always a ton of penguins fans. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Point Park does it right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and on that note,
0: thank you all and we'll catch you next time.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: You choose. Four years talking about the real world or
1: four years immersed in it. After a hands-on, career-focused education, Point Park graduates enter the workforce prepared to succeed. Professionally designed, that's the point. Point Park University, downtown Pittsburgh, pointpark.edu.